This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean, and I'm excited to have you here to explore efficient and effective frameworks for implementation of change so we can stay in demand, build business mastery, and meet any kind of disruption that comes to us. All notes and links can be found at blueprinthq.com.au forward slash podcasts. Enjoy the show and get curious on what we can do as an industry going forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In Demand Accountant. Today, I'm absolutely thrilled to have Annette Tasker with us. Annette and I have been working together for just over, I think, three, maybe four years. And in the last six months, I'm, you know, we've developed a really strong relationship. And I feel that she's one of the, and has she's become one of my close friends. And one of the reasons for today that I have Annette on is because I believe that she really demonstrates the in-demand accountants, particularly around the empathy and emotional intelligence and being really clear on what she has to actually offer her staff and clients. She brings a vast range of actual business experience and actually was fairly late to the accounting industry, but I will let her um, work that through to you. Other points of notes for Annette is she was the New South Wales IPA Account of the Year in 2009. She has chaired various uh, CA groups um, over the time and is at the moment the Deputy President of the New South Wales Divisional Council. So not only does she generously work with her clients, she gives back to the accounting industry as well. And I think that that's super important going forward. So Annette, can you just give us a quick rundown of, of how you became a, an accountant? And it's such an interesting story. And yeah, take us a, on a quick journey. I got here. Well, I have a small business family background, I always say. So my parents had a manufacturing custom sheet metal business and I spent my childhood, I feel, sitting around a dining table while mum and dad argued about the accounts. And I ended up with a boyfriend who was a carpenter come cabinet maker and I thought, well, here's a role I can play. I can help. He was keen to run his own business and uh, I'm not a very good cabinet maker. I'm not too bad, but I was probably better at helping with the admin. So I was launched training from school because uh, that's how long ago I'm talking and um, ran the, I, I worked actually for a large semi-government organisation in a finance role, which gave me good big bureaucratic experience, but at the same time, evenings and work weekends running the cabinet making business that was growing at a rapid pace. Then I stayed with the government until I had my children and then we grew the business so much that I was there full time doing admin, seeing customers, measuring up kitchens, quoting, balancing the cash flow, manufacturing's tricky and then as things happen, my circumstances changed, I call it. So that's an acronym for I got a divorce. And then I decided I had to change my career. So I was 
on the cusp of 40 and thought, gee, I'm that old, I'm nearly 40, I have to get cracking before I get any older and reinvent myself. So I started working in public practice because I was doing bookkeeping on the side and those accountants asked me to come in and help them. And on and on it went from there. So I've never been great at working for other people because I just feel I've had a lot of ideas that they're not keen on. So working for myself was a natural fit, if I can put it that way, on from there. On from there. And and you certainly, um, you know, have become, I think, one of the forefront leaders, particularly in the IPA community. You're highly recognised there. So it's such a it's such a great background, I think, to be advising clients, particularly in the business thing, to bring that understanding of that to the industry. So obviously we're in a fairly interesting time right now. And so what's been really working for you, obviously with everything that's going on with corona and stuff, I would love to explore that with you because I know that you've actually grown. You've got some new clients in over the last eight so we're recording on the 12th of June. So we've kind of been in this lovely little flux that we're in. Um, I can't say the word I would normally use <laughs> you know, to describe what's been going on since the 16th of March. What's been really working for you and what's not been working? So talk to us about that. The, I think the key is communication. I mean, it's, it's an often talked about topic, but do we do it? not always very well and I thought we don't have time to do this well. Ideally we'd have a beautiful video made and it would be edited and you'd script it carefully and you would be reaching out to all your clients but we didn't have time for that. This was new grounds for everybody, government, business, individuals, everybody. So in an attempt to reach out to all of my clients in one go, I whipped out the iPhone, recorded a video, typed up what I thought a client would understand in what, because us as accountants were learning as well. So I just typed up a bit of a blurb about this is what we think is going to happen now and sent it out on MailChimp to about 100 clients who I thought would be interested. It was so corny, it was so basic, and yet within minutes of going out, I was receiving emails back saying, thank you, that's so good, that's amazing. And I'm thinking, gee, I really thought that might be the death knell for some clients. They'd look at and go, what is this? But you know what? They were so grateful at just having someone contact them at a level that they understood that it emboldened me to continue along that, and I did that every week for the first uh, six weeks or so, and it was only met with gratitude. I did not have a negative comment at all. They were keeping that to themselves, but I don't think so. That's not what I've heard. And I think that what you said is so important that quite often, and I know I'm everyone's guilty of this and I'm right up there on the front of the pack, we put ourselves in our shoes or, and we and particularly as accountants, I think we want to be a little bit perfectionists, um, you know, if we have to we admit that. And we don't put ourselves sometimes in the client's shoes and and they just want to be communicated to. And I think you proved that, took a big breath and courageously went where you've never been before. And it really worked. And then, of course, my understanding was that some of those emails were actually forwarded and that's how you got new clients from that as well. Yes. Well, there were also a few 
in accounting terms, we'd call them prospects, but they were just people that I knew that had asked me various questions over the years and I had emails and I included them in it. And they've come on board as clients now and the overwhelming reason from all of them was, well, we haven't heard from our accountant. We don't know what's going on. And if you're telling us this now, we're happy with that because you've reached out to us. And I, I didn't do it with the intention of snagging a new client. I did it with the And, yeah, what do you know, they've come on. And it, it just happens that a, two of them in particular are what I would call a cracker client. So someone else's loss because they perhaps didn't have the break or the courage to do something that was a bit ordinary. Yeah. And I can tell you that I've seen what Annette's put out. It is by no means ordinary. Yes, it doesn't have any of the slick production, but I think that everyone really appreciates that. And then the onflow to that, it makes other people feel braver that they can put out basically raw, vulnerable footage. And I think that that's really important. We are seeing that, you know, coming through. And also, I think this also goes to, and that our marketing doesn't have to be slick. It just has to talk to our market where it's at. So um, we got to find out where that where our market's at. And I think Annette nicely nicely summarised. She hit exactly where her market was at as well. So well done. You know, going into the future, what are your feelings? I mean, you talk to a lot of accountants because of your connections with IPA, and you know what's going on. What are your feelings now going forward? For the industry, where do you think we're at? I mean, my opinion is that this disruption just highlighted the changes that we need to make. There hasn't been an adjustment to it. It just might be quicker. But what are your feelings as someone who's really on the ground and not only um, seeing clients but also talking to a lot of other accountants as well? I still feel that there's a lot of high and mighty or what I've always called glass castle attitude to accountants. Not many. In fact, very few have actually worked in business and I don't believe running an accounting practice or growing an accounting practice is really running a business. Something like manufacturing where you're juggling cash flow, juggling supplies, you're paying out for materials weeks or months before you before you sell a product, that's running a business. In, in a, okay, I'm being unfair, but... That's what you have to be able to relate to to our clients. They have the day-to-day struggle of doing what they do. Then they have to find time to do some admin, and that admin might be the BAS, it might be the payroll. What is STP? Paying super through a super stream account. They're the things that clients battle with just it's like us learning a foreign language you know comes easy to some but not to most so it's being being relatable and and understanding what's involved in their day-to-day life they've got kids they've got homeschooling they've got families they've got elderly parents they've got all sorts of things going on and they're trying to run this business they need someone who can really help them with the struggle of what they have to do to make that a success that's where we can step in yeah, absolutely. And I think that I see this a lot. And as someone who struggled and I had my own SME business as well, when, you know, obviously as an accountant, I thought I knew everything about it and realized exactly what the struggle is. Our models are different. Like our business model as an accounting firm is different because of that 
the cash flow and then also obviously not having to educate our clients on from a tax point of view not from advisory point of view on what you know why they need to come and stuff and well, i think you know, re recurring recurring fees is also yeah. a luxury in an accounting mm -hmm. practice you know not many businesses operate at that level no you know, they're mostly guaranteed that people will come back again and again. And, and maybe this little snow glow shake up that we're, we're having at the moment will, I'm not actually seeing it. You know, most of the clients that I'm talking, accountants I'm talking to are, you know, you know they were worried about it, but it, it doesn't seem to be happening yet. But I still don't think we're even close to September, October is when um, even later in this year, we might, you know, see some disruption to the SME businesses um, now that we're in recession and stuff like that. I think that what you bring there and what you're really talking about is that uh, empathy, that ability to step in other people's shoes. And you can learn that without having the experience, but having the experience is also so crucial and important and the acknowledgement of that. I'm seeing such a rise in some really good advisors starting to come through with your similar background. They've decided later on in life to become accountants um, rather than the thing. And sometimes we overlook these people when we're employing people. One particular lady who you know, came to us again, that must be a magic, it's a magic, magic time 40 for women, I think. <laughs> Change your career, whatever you want, it happened to me as well. And, um, you know, really looking at what, what they can bring to the table from that empathetic point of view. Because, you know, if, if you're a great tax accountant, you've always owned an accounting firm, that still has strength, but you need to know what that strength is, you know, going forward. So I, I think that's a great insight. I think you're right. I, I think that we really need to spend a lot more time in emotional intelligence and empathy and really getting to know that. And I know because I've actually taught myself, you know, empathy is something you can actually learn. So thanks for that, you know, coming forward. So then. I'm going to ask you the question. So in your mind going forward, we're working on this term, the in-demand accountant. What do you think that will look like going forward? Do you have a vision? I know, you know, you've got a, a business yourself, but, you know, if we was to go forward a couple of years or five years, what, what do you think a really in-demand accounting firm or accountant would look like? What would they be doing? They'd be reaching out to their clients regularly, not to say, how your tax returns due, how your BAS is due, how have you bought some new equipment because we've got an instant asset write-off, they'd be reaching out to them to say, how are you? And by the way, how's business? But yep. what I really want to know is how are you? Because the answer to the how are you question is where we can help them with their business because the answer is often, well, yes, I'm really busy. I've not been able to see the kids play soccer. I missed out on the school play. I haven't been able to get around to doing X, Y, Z. My marriage is falling apart. And that's where the accountant can really step in and answer those questions and help solve those problems, give them more time, which can really impact massively on their life at home or let's call it their personal life and that means stepping outside the nine to five boundary if we can call it that and being available and having relatable conversations reaching out at times I think we've all had an experience where we've called a client or happened to have bumped into a client and that conversation has turned into quite a big project for the accountant 
And the client hasn't even known that that's something that we can help them with, hasn't even thought, gee, I think I'll ring my accountant because I haven't got time to see the kids play soccer on Saturdays because I'm always at work. So it's putting ourselves in the front of their mind. We talk about the trusted advisor. We talk about the role that we can play, but do we do it? And it's so simple. We're overcomplicating it, reaching out, phone call, a drop-in. I've done things like, hey, uh, I know, see you have morning tea at 10 o'clock. I'll pop in with a cake, which, of course, I make myself. And the conversation that goes on over that coffee in their workshop, in their factory, in their office, or they're desperate to get out, so they're really keen to meet you out of the office somewhere, you know, pre-COVID, I'm not sure how we'll, maybe, maybe we're back to those times. So it's just, like you said, it's empathy, it's being relatable. Yeah, and I think you did offer a little bit of solutions there, which was those quick things, but... As an industry, one of my frustrations is, you know, how do we actually solve this problem? Because we need to. Accountants are so valuable. We have such depth of knowledge and we have some absolute skills, but we don't have the, and I hate the term, but I still haven't found one, the soft skills to actually do what you do naturally maybe because of experience. How do we actually, you know, as an industry, because you're involved, how do you think that we could solve this problem, you know, from well, a teaching it's easy it's easy really we put structure around it we work so well with structure we've got a deadline we've got a due date we've got an end of quarter end of year so we use a system and that might be simply your diary to mark out times to call people to contact people so we just systemize the process so that we know when we've spoken to people, when we've reached out to them, and then what the tasks are from there. It can be really simple. We can have a note on our desk, we, um, and that's, that's not really useful, but it was somewhere to start. Pop a time in our diaries to contact people and, and to review their accounts, to find a talking point, because it's a natural discussion that we need to have. It's not around the technical aspect, it's a discussion. So we systemise that process. We might delegate that perhaps to a client manager who might do that particularly well, and that helps train them in the process as well. So it's about having the right people in the right, I think the term you use, Sam, is the right people in the right seats. And right, yeah. get, get those people who can do that to reach out to the clients that they're managing mm -hmm. and even they can, in their processing of the, you know, the grinders, one of their checklist items is, is there something that Annette should be talking to this client about? Have you noticed something in the accounts? This is our window to our client's world. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got to use it. We can systemise it. And there's lots of Trello boards. There's, there's lots of apps for that now. I still find Excel works beautifully. Indeed, it does. It did. Just do a list. Oh, I saw that. Whack it into a, a live Excel document. You get to the end of the week and say, which five am I going to rank? Which two or three, whatever your goals are. Yes. I tell you, one of our lead KPIs now is, and I think you have the same KPI, is how many client conversations that you had this week that you otherwise, that is nothing to do with technical and we're up to five. And we just know it just grows from that. And what happened, I found, you know, when you work through this with accountants, 
the first few times it is uncomfortable, but it just builds a muscle and, and then they're actually starting to look forward to it and um, onwards and upwards. So thank you for that solution. So what I would love to get is your, I think there were a couple of tips, but, you know, get deeper because we also want to really engage. I know that you've um, got a younger, really dynamic staff member at the moment. I just wanted to, you know, drill down, you know, how we can actually embrace and engage some of the younger people coming through that may is uh, I'm, I'm seeing being hitting and working in the industry and then leaving the industry because they're not satisfied, you know, with the structure and everything and, and what we might be able to do to help that out as an industry. Well, my young staff member that you're referring to, I think is an amazing example of how we can change their world, their work world or their work day. She was very jaded with the accounting industry. She'd had a series of jobs where people weren't, that her employers weren't perhaps as uh, legitimate as they may have been. They weren't embracing technology. The clients were difficult because they hadn't been trained, so they were all in bad habits. And when she came to me, I, uh, she's uh, someone that I know, and I begged her to come and work for me because I couldn't replace someone who'd left quickly and easily. And she said, no, I want to leave the industry. I want to be a nurse. A nurse, an accountant wants to be a nurse. People. I've got lots of empathy and I think that I would make a much better nurse than an accountant. So after she'd done a TAFE course and then she'd done a degree and then she'd worked, I mean, she's still only 29 now, so she'd worked all through her degree and her accounting course. So she was very experienced for her age. And I said, you don't need to be a nurse to care for people. You need to be an accountant. That's where you can really help people. And yeah. she said, no, no, I will, I'll work for you till Christmas. And this was in November. I'll work for you till Christmas just to help you out. And then I'm going to start a course and become a nurse. So I really had to make sure that I spent that next eight weeks showing her how she could be empathetic. I gave her threw on her a large portfolio of clients and talked to her about their problems, not about their tax returns, not about their buzzers, but about their personalities. And after six weeks, she said, I really like it here. Can I stay? I said, you don't want to be a nurse? She said, no, I've, I think I can do what you want to do with our clients here. They're nice to me. I like being nice to them. I think we can all help each other. And if you can dedicate that time to a staff member who has got the willingness to be a real person and relate and reach out to other real people, that's when we can change the accounting world. Make accountants realise that the conversations they have with clients do not need to be high level and technical. The clients want to understand and starting out with a very basic conversation, which you might feel, if you were listening to it, is a bit cringeworthy, that's mm -hmm. exactly what the client wants to hear. It helps them. And I get emails perhaps every two weeks saying how pleased they are that this young girl is helping them with their accounts. It's been overwhelming. for, And, of course, I forward them to her and 
She's so that's that's nearly two years she's been with me now. It's been mm. an amazing experience wow. for both of us. Yeah. I think what you just said is was just so important and powerful. I think that we are losing maybe even before they come into the industry, but we're certainly losing those style of people who are going, you know, as who is what we needed. Because at the end of the day, accounting is actually a relationship business and we need to work hard on that going forward. And I think there was a couple of key things you said. First of all, you were letting a younger accountant talk to clients, I think. And I know that in my career, I, I wasn't, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years and I know that, you know, we weren't, the clients were kind of, only the partners spoke to them, so you kind of got a little scared of them in a way. And I had the fortune, you know, I was so fortunate that I actually went out to Longreach into the middle of nowhere and there was no choice. There was a partner of me and we got to talk to clients, you know, at 25. And I realised that that was fairly rare, particularly when I tried to come back. And um, so you, you let her speak to clients. And then there was, you know, people always ask me, how can we get, you know, our younger clients who don't have the experience that we have talking to clients? And I and you just nailed it. Let them talk to them. I know that your client base is actually, the average age is quite high. So it's not a 27 to 29 year old client base. It's, you know, 20 years, probably 25 years, you know, up, up there. It's sort of the average mm. age is around the, that late 40s to 50s. And yes. they're, they're, I know that they're blossoming with that because, you, you know, because she had the right conversation and stuff. She doesn't have the answers, but she finds them. So, um, I think that's so important. I think that that is, you know, you know, really had had nailed something there. And we probably need to explore that further in, in later episodes. Thanks for that. Um, and thank you for that contribution to a younger accountant that we now haven't lost because we are short. <laughs> we are short in that space of, you know, people coming in and they're not going into the universities now because of some of the reasons you just said and they're also or they're doing different finance stuff in universities and then when they do get in and you know there's there's quite a some interesting stats coming out that they just don't stick so um because i think the new generation of accountants are looking for something different than what we grew up on Fantastic. So always ended off with your top three tips. Um, so I know you had a few tips over there, so you just want to summarise them so we, if people can loop back them or you might have some new ones. I've always been a believer in embracing technology and mm -hmm. being confident with that. I think that you can't underestimate the simpleness of a conversation you need to have. Oh. And what was the third one? Just have a go. Sometimes you just have to get in there and encourage your people, whether it's your staff or your clients, to continue along the path. And sometimes you just have to draw the line and have what uh, has been tagged as my harden up speech. So, you know, it's just uh, go with your gut feeling. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. Absolutely. Nike didn't invent that. I did. <laughs> I'm working with a coach at the moment and they put an F in it. <laughs> so that's mine, but I can't say that. So, yeah, thank you so much. So just a quick sum. Yeah, I mean, I think your first tip of embracing technology and then embracing conversation, you know, and then number three, goes back to both of those just do it with the tech and just do it with a conversation if it doesn't work it doesn't work you do, you know you've done it and, and you can go forward again thank you so much for joining us and for everyone out there i hope you really enjoyed that drill down on a 
a frontline accountant who is really making strides in, you know, getting us into a more empathetic, you know, style of advisors and then working with the younger generation and and our, our generation as well. So again, thank you, Annette. Thank you, everybody. And as usual, the conversation and be brave. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au. And remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.